those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the door. And we're we're live, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. All right. I guess we can introduce everybody and. And we're, we're live, everybody. Oh, <laughs> we're on. So who, who we got here today? Who wants to go first? <laughs> I think we should jump in. Augie Peterson. Oh, hi. I'm Augie Peterson. I'm a writer and a podcaster and part of this insane group of people. I am going to be <laughs> interviewing multiple people today and i have lots of questions i've written down so hi <laughs> and i'm not nervous at all don't worry about it <laughs> none of us <laughs> we had a we had a lot of beard talk prior to so everybody should be okay so yeah. <laughs> and to anyone who's just tuning in my cat is definitely going to probably jump on me or interrupt the stream at some point so i'm sorry if i suddenly <laughs> jump up or, or like dart you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a writer if you didn't have a cat, <clears throat> Gary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for yeah. listeners, Augie has a very nice background that a cat would love to play in. So it's oh, going to be yeah. a struggle for her cat. Part of my soundproofing is a, a slightly used mattress, and that's what she's like climbing up right now and like up on the <laughs> ledge of. So that's going on there. Okay, yeah, we got Brooks with us, right? Oh, yes, that's me, Brooks Bigley. Hello. I don't know what I am, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest fan. That's what I am. I have you listed as social media guru and fanboy. Oh, okay. Sage also <laughs> that works, I guess. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Oh, we, got hey. the author, we the have author, Warren. Uh, Warren. Oh, oh, Warren. Warren. Everybody, we're so happy. Gracious, man. <laughs> I had yes. the climb. Oh. Uh -oh. I heard you had to climb a mountain. I understand. Um, <laughs> you are there. Okay, we had a little break up there here. All right, man. All right. So we got uh, Dr. Gary Bowler. Right? Hello. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you, buddy. Uh, we got Jason. What's up? Hi. What's going on? I have. Don't worry. I'm just having a Coca-Cola because it's <laughs> only two in the afternoon here. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not okay. ready to get one rock and Coffee. roll yet, you know. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. You're, you're, you're making me look bad, buddy. Thanks. Well, I mean, it is an hour later for you, you know, on a Sunday. <laughs> That's true. All right, we got uh, we got Warren who uh, yeah. traveled all over the world just to get to the us. Man of the hour here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, gotta happen. Gotta make it happen. You know. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. Yes, sir. Yeah. Honor to finally get to talk to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Likewise. Nice. Everybody, uh, everybody's got, everybody's been digging your, uh, your job there, uh, Warren. You, you made a great, great job there with your voice. I think everybody in the room was talking about it. Everybody's it's really good. And everybody's excited about a cat. So let's uh, go to our host. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My cat, the star of the show. What's all right, Augie, uh, it's all your show. You can start here and ask all the questions you want. Hey, we forgot, Brian. You didn't ah! really mention who you were. Sorry. The cat oh. took her out. Oh, no. Yeah, Just me. in I'm case anybody back. doesn't know. I had nothing to do with this episode <laughs> at all. Except, well, I guess I did, but, you know. Sorry. No, I'm not. Okay. What the I plugged heck? in my phone because it told me it was dying, and now 
There we go. Alright, sorry. Disregard. <laughs> you get you warned us. <laughs> <laughs> we prefaced. <laughs> the situation is better. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Did you eat that a banana yet, Gary? <laughs> uh, I, I can I can dig it out if you want. Hey, Why uh, was it so pretty when you were showing it? Oh, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the people in the room want to know what your cat's name is. My cat's name is Pumpkin. <laughs> nice. So basically, man is your cat. That's all. Awesome. I swear, I swear the pumpkin that king. <laughs> the cat took oh, it her out again. <laughs> oh my it's god! Like, screw <laughs> you and your podcast. So right now, our our her cat just killed her. Oh, it's my phone cord. I'm gonna charge my phone. The cat oh my is god! Very upset. This is the worst live stream ever. <laughs> okay. This is the best. Come on. And it should charge, and my cat is gone, so everything's fine. <laughs> wow. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Twists and turns around every corner. Welcome to the gray room. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You need a drink after that. That's for sure. Whew. Sorry. Okay, carry on. <laughs> You're the host. You're the host. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> she forgot. She forgot. Yeah, you. I told you I was nervous. You're the hostess okay. with the mostest. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> okay, first of all, this episode was amazing for so many different reasons. It had an amazing story. We got to learn a little bit more about Raymond and the bob character and we heard about the warden so he might be like making an appearance soon i'm really excited mm. i'm like not only am i excited that the story was amazing and the voice acting was amazing and the production was amazing but the story that is between raymond and the warden and bob is all starting to come together and like we're getting a story within a story and it's like storyception and i can't wait to see like example where it all goes so um brian or jason well brian's writing it so brian are you able to talk about like a little bit about where that's going without being too spoilery no the phone okay. will. Yeah, sorry about that <laughs> it's, okay. Anna? I think Anna's calling. it's a live performance of the story oh, it's wow. awesome sh <laughs> cooper is uh calling right now why i'm so from virginia call <laughs> Hello? <laughs> shh, everyone, shh. We got this. All right, who am I speaking to? It's hey, Vic. All good, man. Sorry, sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> this is the best. I love Warren. I love Warren so much. I was listening. We're watching Warren in his natural habitat talking on the phone. He muted it. Oh, there he's muted it. Oh, okay. We could talk. Oh, that was awesome. It's like the president just got a phone call. Everyone, be quiet. Part of the story is to deal with a phone call, so it's just so yes, funny. Awesome. Brian, why is it that everything that we produce or create has some kind of ripple effect in the real yeah. real world somehow? Okay, Warren's back. Warren was that part of your script. Don't lie. You did that. It was awesome. No, no I actually, guys, uh, uh, not so good news here on my end, oh, but okay. I'm fine and I'm here. You know, my dad just passed a couple of days ago, so oh, a lot sorry, of people phoning the sorry. house here to give condolences and whatnot. So 
Yeah. I'm in the midst of all of that, but um, it's all good. No, you know, I, I'm here. I'm coherent. You know, I'm going to cry later and all of that business. But right you can now, cry I'm with here us. it's okay. all good. Yeah. Oh, Thank man. you for being here with us, Warren. Yeah. Warren, yeah. oh, this is terrible. Like, I'm so sorry. We yeah, we could have. Oh. Hey, you know, I mean, if I was some little weak, you know, wimpling guy, I'd go cry in the corner, you know, and just my tears would just flood the basement or whatever. But I'm Men not do that, that guy, too. you know. Yeah, that doesn't make Yeah, sense. exactly. I mean, you're, you're good. I'm not insensitive as, at, 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 as well, but or passive, but certainly I'm positive and spiritual. So let's. Yeah, yes, it's sir. all good. Yeah. Oh, your heart being here right now is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks yeah. for with family too, man. I mean, the gray rooms is is all certainly that. You know, we've all been. I know, man. I know. I feel a connection, man. Even through the emails and yeah, and Jason having me doing eighteen revisions and stuff, and it's fine. I love it. <laughs> How many revisions? Well, oh, 19. Yeah. No. I think he's being generous. No, it's fine. It was good. Perfect. Good for me, man. Yeah, Warren, Warren did an exceptional job. Uh, you know, it's been a pleasure to be able to talk to Warren. Uh, he's been on part of this almost since the beginning. So, actually, since the beginning. So, that's a absolute, uh, finally, an absolute pleasure to get to not just put a, a face to the name and the voice, but... It's been an honor, Warren. So thank you. I appreciate you being here, even especially in the circumstances. So thank you ever so much from all of us. Seriously, we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. You're welcome, man. Shucks, it's my pleasure. Um, this, this is this is in my livelihood, well, man. How do you transition from that? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Brian. Yeah. I, Emotions. I guess to answer your question, um, uh, you know, I think there definitely is going to be a lot of things that you're going to be seeing um, with, Ray, with Raymond. I can't really talk about I what figured. the warden's up to. Um, but, uh, you know, one, one thing I will say that, that Jason and I had to talk to about um, is, is that we don't really uh, want people to know too much about the warden. Uh, we kind of like that mysterious sort of thing he's got going on. The fact that he's just this chaotic person. So, uh, I'm not saying we won't use them for the main story, but I think that if somebody just like expects like maybe the warden to just kind of pop into an episode and be like, yo, what's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> it's, uh, it's not going to happen. Part of it, though, is because we didn't really expect the warden to be kind of a major person that people really like. I've talked about that before. But the other thing is, is that the warden is voiced by Jason and Raymond is voiced yeah. by Jason. And Bob was almost voiced by Jason. Yep. So, I mean, really, <laughs> we didn't want it to be the Jason show, you know, in a lot of cases. Um, I mean, and I, I think mean. that, you know, when we talked about, well, you know, what are we, you know, maybe with season two, if we're going to do some changes and things. Um, but I think that, I think we'll use the warden sparingly. Um, the patrons, um, you know, if you if you do um, subscribe to us, donate to us and things, um, all of the, pa- the bonus episodes uh, will have a warden skit. The Warden is going to be in February uh, 15th, kind of twofer episode that will be for everyone. Um, so you'll get some Warden action on that. <laughs> uh, but uh, outside of that... Uh, <laughs> I would have used different words, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that. The Warden action there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but in terms of Raymond and Bob, yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to get... I mean, what I, I had to... I guess I had to kind of start things out and explain the rules of the gray rooms to people. Now that that's happening with episode four, 
there was that weird kind of introduction with the wedding. Um, and so now you're starting to think, well, okay, maybe this is some of Raymond's backstory. Part of what originally I had thought about doing was is opening things up with the with the Raymond Bob introduction skit thing, doing the story, and then having a concluding part where it sort of had this weird, creepy kind of thing about Raymond that, that while he was kind of floating around in between, you know, episodes um, and just kind of, you know, maybe getting bits and pieces, little nuggets of his past. And I thought, you know what, this is just too, too much for what we're trying to do. But then I realized that I could kind of sneak that in in the beginning a little bit, make it short. Uh, so there will be some episodes um, where you will get some pieces of Raymond's past, maybe to kind of float in and uh, kind of make a bigger picture for what's going on. No, they kind of got a little bit of that on this episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. uh, Really, honestly, every even episode, I figured, was going to have some Raymond Nuggets in it. (laughs) 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 I like the Raymond Nuggets. You You mentioned the wedding thing was weird, but I didn't think it was that weird because it was, in a way, tangentially related to the last episode where the girl had just gotten out of a really serious relationship, so it was kind of mirroring that in a way so i didn't think that was completely out of place because a lot of them like kind of carry over from the other one and like he wakes up saying it's burning it's burning and stuff but i also think that was somewhat relevant so i don't think that was weird i think that was a good transition even if it was kind of just thrown in there in your opinion i think for raymond he's um when he's waking up the next episode he's reliving in that second that he's waking up the right. past life from the previous episode. So I think when he was right. burning, when he woke up, it was the chair from the prior yeah. episode mm-hmm. that that he just completed that death, and he's waking up again in this this gray room. Mm-hmm. That's the pattern that I've been noticing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really like that. And I was wondering, like, when I was submitting stories and thinking about stuff like why the stories are the main character has to die at the end. I think it's really interesting. Um, that it happens that way where he's like kind of reborn into a different room and almost given a second chance in a way but then it's just like more torture it's like Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you kind of get an inch and then (laughs) you're dead again and sorry (laughs) well you know i mean one of the rooms is supposed to be a salvation so well He's just been making the bad decisions. It's his fault. I've been joking around. I said, you know, with 13 13 episodes or whatever, and, you know, obviously, if there's 13, he must not be hitting the right ones to keep having episodes. So, statistically, man, he sucks, right? I mean, (laughs) wrong door every time. 50 50 chance, buddy. Come on, you know. It's that singing voice. That singing voice scares him for some reason. There's something weird about that singing woman's voice that Raymond can't confront. So, that's what's really cool. It's like, what is behind that door? And that singing voice is uh, Jason's wife, by the way, Chrissy. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Very well done. Yeah, she also oh. plays the the wife of Raymond in that wedding scene, which okay. later on, retrospectively, me and Brian were both like, "That's a little, that's weird how that worked out, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> like, just we, we didn't intend for that, honestly. So, but it is what it is. So, yeah, Jason got married again. He renewed yep. his vows in the cheapest way possible. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one more um, thing that keeps happening, like a pattern I've noticed too, is the souvenirs as Raymond is now putting it. Uh, that oh, Bob yeah. keeps leaving. I'm so fascinated by the way Bob really likes to torture Raymond, but it's very indirect. It's like mm-hmm. leaving these nuggets of like torture as souvenirs for him. 
And then I think someone, a couple, like last episode maybe said something about joking about a, a pile of souvenirs at the end of season <laughs> one. And that finally clicked when I heard Raymond say that in the last episode. Yeah. It keeps getting more and more souvenirs from these lives. It's just mm -hmm. it's, it's pure psychological so, torture. So you're saying I should maybe look into a merchandise line online. Yes. Where we could sell little <laughs> like on my way, or something like that for people from the ground. You can sell furniture. You can sell furniture. animals. Oh, I mean, uh, heck, this, why not? Uh, war memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> therapy. <laughs> We can, we can sell shotguns from way out. I mean, that's right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, yes. dear. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was hotel advertising. The whole leaving souvenirs in the room thing and mm. kind of getting to know Bob's character where at a moment, like he kind of says that he doesn't really get any kind of enjoyment out of what he's doing to Raymond. So it seems like maybe he's being controlled by somebody else. And we're not sure who that is, if it's the warden, if it's somebody else, if maybe it's like himself, like he's putting Raymond through the room so that he doesn't have to do it or something along those lines. I just think it's interesting because we actually got to know a little bit more about Bob's character as a person instead right. of just kind of this mysterious voice, you know? I wonder so if I Bob, did you think that Bob is... Um... I feel like he's annoyed by Raymond. Do you think that he's annoyed by Raymond because it's Raymond or that he's just annoyed with... I am assuming he is not a human. I don't know. Do you think he's annoyed by humans? He just has this very tangible, specific hatred, I feel like, for Raymond. that's very unspoken, but still comes out in how he treats him. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. But that's... Mm. And, and it could also be projecting, like, the fact that he doesn't like what he's doing to Raymond, so he's annoyed because Raymond is doing exactly what he's supposed to do in these rooms, where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm torturing you, and you're supposed to, like, you know not hated as much <laughs> or something like that he's a much deeper character than i think we initially expected mm -hmm. and i think that's really surprising so yeah, he's more than the voice or deeper character than jason expected when he was doing yeah. the role yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all brian that's, a, that's again of the excellent writing skills of mr black yes brian writes all of these these yep. these skits i don't know i don't want to say skit because it's the main story but it's not the main story per episode you know what i mean yeah. the yeah. It's a weird podcast i mean really we are we got it's unique on. we got yeah yeah we got cereal we got the anthologies and mm -hmm. yeah then we got behind the scenes so it, it, it's it's definitely uh it's definitely pretty cool i i think though uh one of the jason uh, just recently from some of the later intros that i had sent to jason basically kind of you know, he, he's getting a little bit uh, freaked out. <laughs> he's got a long ride on his shoulder, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll be I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's you got got to sit there and you just have to tell yourself, just do something. Just do nothing. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. And I get these I get these wonderfully written um, snippets of the main story from Brian, and it's just. The what what scares me sometimes is that I instantly go into overdrive with this universe in my head. So the second I read this, the room is twice as big. The sounds are more three dimensional. Everything is like you know if if if, if for example if there was a monster in one, he it, what's his growl going to sound like? Is there liquid in his breathing? You know, it's just like I start thinking about all this stuff, and then it's then it becomes okay. Well, I still have to put all the words to this too. So holy crap. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun listening to it when it's all said and done. 
That's another thing I was going to mention, too, is, Jason, uh, you did all of the sound for this one, right? Always. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it was so great. And also, like, the majority of the music for all the episodes is great, but this one in particular I thought was really interesting because as opposed to the other episodes that you've put out, this one wasn't as cinematic it wasn't like a batman movie like you're turning around every corner and there's like a kind of noise (laughs) rather it's like this calm music and the the uh voiceover is what's really kind of putting the Mm -hmm. pictures together and i think that was really well done because this story is written it seems like it's written for audio drama like it's so descriptive and it just like feels like you're a part of it. So you don't need those extra sound effects. And you really picked up on that. And I think that worked really well, really well. Like an actual chill went down my spine when he was looking out the peephole and something like ran past the mm-hmm. hallway and it freaked him out. It was just that sound. I just <laughs> love that. Cause at that point was when I realized, Oh, we're not hearing all these like cinematic kind of scary sounds and music like we normally do it's very subtle and it's like really kind of getting under your skin, making you feel safe and then just scaring the shit out of you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm trying not to That's all right. Body mouth. I don't curse. <laughs> I just kicked the yeah. second verse. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I, I want to piggyback off Augie. Um, I've noticed too, with episode one, two, three, like the, uh, the, the visual camera you'd have in your head, your scenes move around, but this one was a very central story in terms of this was more in Warren's character's head of dealing with what was going on versus us watching what was going on per se. It was more dealing with Warren's emotion and going through it. So that was, you did an amazing job keeping it central. And of course, Warren's voice is just magic. So that helped, (laughs) but, but it never got boring having that visual camera not moving all over the place. The story never got born. And that was because of how you wrote it too, Gary. It's just all a trifecta of wonderness coming together. But yes, production-wise, keeping... Our ears didn't get bored listening, uh, even though there was not, as Augie said, there wasn't all this action going on and stuff. It was a really psychological thing to go through, uh, to mm. listen to, I thought. And that's like that's a real exactly fee for... Oh, sorry, Jason. No, you're fine. That's exactly what it was. You know, it, was it was unlike the first and second and even the third story in some respects, um, which the third story uh, actually was still more centralized on the main character rather than just the big explosive things going on. But it did have a, an action, an intense action feel at the end with the fire. But this one right here, the, the story is this room. This guy is mm-hmm. in this one area. And the first thing I thought of when I thought of this room was it's going to just be a very muffled, quiet, kind of empty alone sound like this guy's all by himself in this room and he can't get out he can't open the windows there's no when the phone call is kind of his only real branch to the world that he has and uh that's 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 kind of just what i really focus on and then warren warren really sold it because the 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 level of his voice the the bassiness his reading just of its own, I think that painted more of a picture than I could probably have done with any sound because you just you just kind of had to build around that. And mm-hmm. so the room and was pretty much the focal point on that. So I appreciate you guys thinking that, uh, you know, that was really well done because that's what I was going for, man. I was really not trying to blow your socks off. I was trying yeah. to make you mm-hmm. feel feel this. You were the him. You were Warren's yeah. character. That's what I was hoping. 
And one thing, Jason, I, I feel like I heard this, um, this muffled, almost the sound of like being underwater. And I felt like I heard that <laughs> continuously through the story. And that just drove that feeling of amping up like, what is going on? Yes, it, it just kept you there thinking. at the edge. Yes. Yeah, that's, you heard that, that's funny you said I that because that it's the inside of a submarine. That was the inside of a submarine. Yeah. Okay, oh, so. so cool because it was supposed yeah. to be like residual thunder in the room, but it sounded yeah. like you were underwater. Yeah, and it was yeah. like a completely different sound, but it could have been thunder. So you're like, is this real? Is this not real? Am I hearing things? And it made it sound like a complete dreamscape, which I was just completely blown away with. I'm like, is he underwater? Like, where is he? I thought he was in a hotel. And Warren's the one who sold all of that, by the way, though, too. I mean, I tell you, the second I got Warren's voice that went with that, I was like, okay, this this is going to be a big story just because of the big, huge voice that was uh, associated with it. So. It's yeah. awesome to hear this, everybody's feelings with it, because it's it's actually leaps and bounds what I hoped it would be. So Yeah, it when, was when amazing. It, you did a fantastic I'm glad that y'all got to hear it. I haven't heard any of them yet. I think I've heard <laughs> oh, them. I sent you an email. Oh, Jason. I sent you an email. You should be the first person to no, hear I mean, it. No, I went on the site and I did check out some of, uh, I forget which one it was. I mean, it's it's excellent. All, all of it is excellent. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't checked out anything that I've done, and it's not only oh. me, but I want to check out what everyone else has done as well. Warren, oh, you yeah. haven't heard Labyrinth Amazing. yet? Have you heard Labyrinth? <clears throat> no, no, Labyrinth? no, I haven't heard anything that I've That's done. That's in a front. No. I, I, I listened to Fallen once, and I think it was one other thing that I listened to that was great Holy as well. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. It was so yeah. good. I thought it was James Earl Jones, yeah. honestly. I was like, who, <laughs> how did they even? I don't get it. And then I realized that it was just a little bit off, but it was such a nice, like, deep voice that really set the scene for the whole thing. You did a fantastic job. And actually, yeah. there's a question in the chat. Well, um, you- well, you Unk. don't know what I went through to get into character, you know. I mean, I just yeah. got inside the thing, and I, I felt like I was the character from Lord of the Rings. It's my precious. No, not not sorry. Really it. I went a bit dark there that time, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I I, I had I really really enjoyed doing it, Jason. I think that you have great vision. Uh, the writers, everyone that's involved behind this and making it happen. It was just really, really a, a great learning experience for me. And just an overall experience, just being able to dig into uh, some things and just the way the stories are written, yeah. you know, dealing with, with the spirit and afterlife and death and all of this. It was like, whoa, this is this is heavy, you know? So I just yeah. felt like I needed to step up to the plate and really uh, make it happen to sell it. And, but I did it like wholeheartedly you know it wasn't like anything like from here it was just like you know I had to come from here with it so it was just like fun it was intense it was learning thing it was just like all of that and a wiffle ball bat and some chocolates <laughs> <laughs> you know. so have you done no, it's, it's absolutely amazing sorry sorry Gary go ahead no I was just I was just saying the first time I listened to it, it was I just thought it was absolutely amazing and um, to hear my story sort of elevated in that way, sort of with that level of voice acting, was unbelievable, you know? Um, as soon as I heard Warren's voice, I was like, my God, they've picked a real good one here, you know? And uh, yeah, I think that, and Jason's work in the background, um, as you say, with all those little subtle things, um, it's just, I think I said to Brian, it's just sort of elevated the story way above what it is on the page. and. 
No, thank you all for it. It's absolutely fantastic. It, particularly Jason and Warren for um, you know what what they did with it. Unbelievable, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it was Not really. really yeah, well, thank thank Jason because he, he drilled me on. He was like, "Well, Warren, I need you to record this again, man, because I need you to." And he he kind of molded me into you know, like I was a piece of silly putty, man. And then, so it was all good. So I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm there. I got it, Jason. I got it. I'm there." So it was great. It was all one it was thing all too is uh, this is something really special for Gary, um, you know, because you want you want to talk about what the story. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the in terms author. of everything we've done. Uh, no questions, Brian. Sorry, <laughs> I, I didn't think you knew this. I just figured I'd throw that in there. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Oh gosh. So, so, what was the question, Brian? In terms of what? No, you know, this story was wasn't it like the first you'd published or something. Like, you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, really? About, yeah. So about four years ago, um, I'd not written any fiction at all from sort of since being at college and stuff. So I'm, I'm like 36 now. So it's, it's been a while. And and The Way Out was the first story I ever had published or someone published of mine. Um, it was like a, a bucket list uh, to start writing and, and then eventually get a story published. So I sat down, started writing stuff. And I, I wrote a few different stories that never went out there. But The Way Out was the first story I sent out and had published. Um, that was back in 2016. Um, so, yeah. So it's quite special to me. It's been the first story, yeah, that, that was ever accepted. How did you start, like, with the concept for this story? What what was the very first thing you wrote for this story? Well, I was kind of inspired by um, work because in a previous job, I used to travel all over England, Scotland, um, Wales. Um, I used to work for a reprographics company. I used to go, go into buildings and set up print rooms. And uh, I spent a lot of time in hotel rooms, um, usually on my own, uh, you know, nothing else to do, just sort of trapped in there half the time. I didn't know the areas. Sometimes the areas were a little bit rough and I didn't want to go out. Um, and then all the while I had a, a young daughter who was back home um, with, with my other half. So it was a bit of a lonely sort of uh, period of my life, really. I wasn't really enjoying work. And um, the way out is, it started in my mind as uh, being trapped in this this hotel room um, with with this every single one. We, we tended to use a chain as well. So every single uh, hotel room we stayed in uh, had the same picture on the walls. So that, that's where, where there's this description, these three trees on the wall, because every single, yeah, every single one I stayed in seemed to have this, the same pictures and the same furnishings, you know, so we mm-hmm. use these, these bunches. So... Anyway, one, hotels. exactly. And then one day I um, I was driving somewhere and I was listening to On Writing by Stephen King. And uh, there was that long sort of finished competition where you had to sort of write your own haunted hotel room story. And um, it sort of went from there, really. And the way out came out of that sort of experience of uh, being trapped in a room and I kind of sort of put a supernatural twist on it, which I won't sort of go into because it'll sort of spoil it a little bit. But um, you can spoil. Yeah, we're assuming spoil. people have listened, right? Well, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. we, we will talk about everything. Use words, anything oh, okay. you need. Okay, no, that's cool. And um, so, yeah, I um, I thought I knew the ending, and I knew what was going to happen almost as soon as I started the story. Uh-oh. I kind of knew limbo. Yeah. Um, 
And um, it, there was something in that bathroom, something with this weird light, and he didn't like this this weird light. And um, yeah, it was, I, I kind of knew at the very, very beginning that it was going to be that he'd killed himself because of his partner. Um, she had cancer, she passed away. Um, so, um, so it all came from that. And the, the cancer side of it came from my mum was diagnosed around the same time where I was writing it. Uh, she passed away last year, but um, it sort of, yeah, it sort of started with that. So it's, it's quite personal as well. Did, um, I had another question I wanted to ask. Um, did you, because you didn't exploit suicide, I felt like. Sometimes I've heard stories where it's like a cheap throwaway to end the story or it was never that way. Have you ever experienced anyone that's gone through that? Or I, you just, you captured the feeling I feel of someone that really woke up legitimately from this mm. somehow then re going through it just, it was well put together. How did you, how did you get it that way? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know really. I've, I, yeah. I, I've, I think I've said before, um, when I've been speaking to my friends and stuff that it's that suicide is always something that's sort of, um, I don't know, inspired might be the wrong word. Suicide has always been something that I've been slightly obsessed by in a way. And sort of, it, to me, it's like the, the ultimate horror, the fact that you want to end yourself. Um, so I, I, I touch on it in, in quite a few of my early stories. I've got, I've got a collection called Mechanisms of Despair and uh, the way out is in it and, and the sequel, The Way In. Um, and there's another story called Escape, which is also about suicide. And um, I just think it's such a lonely thing. And um, it's not a cowardly thing. It's it's a frame of mind um, when you're in that sort of situation. So I think the whole, the empathy sort of element kicks in when I think about suicide. And maybe that's how it came across in the story. I don't know. But there is a definite sort of feeling of empathy that I have. I, I definitely felt that um, I, I didn't feel weird about it, knowing mm. finally knowing I kind of had a clue here and there that it was going to be mm. about suicide, but wasn't sure. I didn't feel weird about it, so I felt that it was done so tactfully. But I felt that just that confusion afterwards um, and that I don't want to say desperation. It doesn't seem the right word, but I can't think of a better word to say. Just that that quest to want to figure out what happened, but it wasn't – yeah, there was some kind of um, peaceful way that he was trying to figure out what's going on. Like I didn't, mm. to me, it didn't feel like he was tortured by trying to figure it out. You, you're just tactful at keeping it at a point where like he needed to figure out where he was, what was going on. It was frustrating, but he wasn't losing his mind over it. And I didn't feel that he was losing his mind over it. I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, gang. I'm going to have to jet because I have some sure. students coming up. Um, no worries. If you didn't know, I'm a voiceover coach as well, so I have a string of students coming up. And I apologize for being late, but I made it. <laughs> in you the time did. That I did, yes, sir. Thank you. And I'd love to hang out, and it was really, really great uh, seeing you and meeting everybody. And um, you know, I look forward to the next time if we do meet again or whatever. But uh, definitely, I need to check out uh, more of the gray rooms because I really love the stories. Really love, like I said, everything involved with it. And it was just an absolute blast. So, um, yeah, uh, once again, I really want to hang out more, but I have to jet. Yes, and sir. Hey, no worries. digital handshake. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you, everyone. And yeah, thanks, uh, yeah thank you. just we'll, we'll be in touch, I'm sure.
Yes, sir. Yeah, it's WarrenRichardsonVoiceovers.com. Please feel free to stop in there and check out his stuff. Warren's been an absolute pleasure finally getting to meet you and actually working with you. And I do look forward to many, 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 many more of these with you, sir. You did a great job. And I'll make sure you get those links again. I'll resend them and I'll make sure you get them. I want you to be able to hear the wonderful work that you did do. Thank you so no, much. Uh, sorry for your long. Yeah. yeah yes, I'm, sir. And our yes, condolences sorry. from everybody in the in our, yeah. our universe yeah. to yours, man. Absolutely. No, well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. It's all good. Just just know that I'm all good. And See hey, you later. I, I really yeah. appreciate everyone's uh, condolences and sentiments. And uh, yeah, just know that we're fine. Me and my mom, we're here. We're working it out and we're all good. Yes, okay. sir. Yeah. We're going to leave a link yeah. for you on YouTube. Yeah. Hey, great. No, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> all right. So I'll be seeing you and carry on. Have fun. Have a good week, a Sunday, and we'll see you again. See you Warren, if you could email me when you get back in the country and then I'll, uh, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some more if you could, please. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. great. Fantastic. Have a Thanks good a evening lot. or day. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye, sir. Ciao, ciao. All right. That's the end of uh, behind the door for today. We'll see you now. <laughs> <laughs> great, Warren. Uh, you know, man, I got to tell you, I, I got to just, you know, to sidestep on everything real quick. Got to really give it to Warren. Mm-hmm. For yeah, and hang yeah. out with you, even for the time of yeah, absolutely. Did. And uh, everybody out there that's listening and all that, you know, if you get, you know, it, 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 it you know, go to his website, Warren Richardson, uh, voiceovers.com. He has a little contact, yeah, in there. If you want fans or whatever, if you have a second, send a guy an email, tell him that you appreciate what he did, and uh, you know, let him know that you know, and uh, care about us means something, all of them means something. Yeah, no. One of the I, things I he does is uh, he does a good uh, Elvis. So if you ever uh, want to check his website out, yeah, yeah I heard that he did a great job. <laughs> I was snooping on everybody, and I went on his site, and he has some really awesome stuff. Like, characters. is that on his website? Oh yeah, yeah. Elvis impression. Oh yeah, he's like marrying two people or something like that. He's an Elvis priest in L.A. or something like. Oh, that. Oh, he's an officiant. That's awesome. Oh yeah, he did a great job. So sweet. <laughs> God, can you imagine that voice marrying you? Wow. <laughs> Do you take this head? Might have to make it happen. Might have to make it happen. <laughs> All right, Augie, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so we went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think we stayed on mostly the same uh, path. I wanted to ask Gary if you got any of your inspiration from uh, Stephen King's story, 1408. Cause that is one of my all time favorite stories from him. Mm. And I think you mentioned somewhere on your blog that you were inspired by Stephen King in some way. Um, yeah. And I found this one really, this story in particular, really interesting, but I also read uh, the way in as well. Mm -hmm. And that one actually happens like in the hallway, as opposed to just in one room. So I think that was a really interesting perspective that you could have taken. So First question is, did you get any inspiration from Stephen King and how did you make it your own? And then second question is, why did you choose this story instead of the other one? Is it just because it was um, like the first in a sequel kind of thing? Because I thought that this story was absolutely amazing. It was well-written and perfect. But the second story, The Way In, is in a hallway as opposed to a room. So I thought that might have brought a different kind of setting to the whole thing to the whole haunted hotel kind of deal so what was the inspiration behind submitting the story instead of that one 
Sorry, that's like a lot to deal with. Yeah, no, 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 no problem. Uh, in answer to your first question, yeah, absolutely inspired by Stephen King. Um, I think it's hard not to be as a contemporary writer these days. Yeah. Um, as like I said, I, I was listening to his um, on writing book when I was driving to work um, to stay in one of these hotel rooms. And um, that at the end of it, it is, there's this competition, you know, and it put out a long time as, as part of his example in um, in on writing, he wrote 1408 and he sort of put it out there. So I, I love the short story 1408. I absolutely love the, I love the film as well. I really like the film. Yeah, the um, and I, yeah, and I just really like the way it's a ghost story without being a ghost story. And that's sort of kind of what inspired um, The Way Out because um, I, didn't, I didn't want the ghosts and the phantoms to be to be tormenting the guy directly. I, I didn't want him to be sort of skulking around this place, Scooby-Doo style, and, you know, these things jumping out on him. I wanted him to, it to be very much a one-piece um, story with one person in a room. That's how I visualised it. Very claustrophobic, so I'm very trapped, and he can't get out. Um, mm. So that's that's where that sort of side of it came from. Um, like I said, his only link to reality is the phone call. So... Um, well, then that, that isn't really even reality either. That's some sort of like another dimension almost or whatever. But um, in answer to your second question, the way in came about three months after the way out. And um, the reason why I led with the way out, I think, was because of the, as I said, that, that, that was what was inspiring me at the time, the claustrophobic feeling of being trapped in a hotel room. Um, the way in came later where I thought, well, what would be quite interesting is instead of, sort of revisiting the same sort of story about someone trapped in a place and just going with the same twists, I'd um, I basically to look at it from a different viewpoint. And I don't know if any of you guys have seen a, a video that went around on YouTube about um, there was a, some screaming happening in a hotel room. And it, uh, yes. the, the, secu the, secu yeah, the security yeah. guard went up there and he opened the door and you just see this thing coming out. Like that yes, sort yeah. of, yeah, yeah, that partially inspired me. And I thought, wouldn't it be really cool if you had the other side to the story and you've got a, a guy going in there who's, who's got his own problems and, yeah. um, you know, and he's, he's, he's opening this door and it's the room from the first, um, from the first tale. And as he, you know, obviously has an encounter in there and, you know, I, I allude to the fact that it is Dan from the way out. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to ramble on, but yeah, that, that, that's no, the answer. No, keep going. Yeah. So that's why it came in that order. It's, it was simply, I, I didn't have an idea for sequels in my head. I, you know, I, th I thought when I wrote it, it didn't even cross my mind there was going to be a follow-up. It just kind of happened about three months later and the publisher was really happy to get and um, publish another story by me on the, in the same sort of canon. So that's, that's how it happened. That's awesome. And at, you know, at the same time too, we were saying how it's a very claustrophobic feeling in uh, the story that was There's somebody in house Brooks. Uh, I know it's the wife. <laughs> Sorry. The Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> um, it's very claustrophobic, but at the same time, he's surrounded by spirits who have experienced the exact same thing he has. So he's like, mm supported but he's also extremely claustrophobic and like mm -hmm. on his own just kind of dealing with the visions of these people mm -hmm. and it's not triggering anything in his mind until he sees those letters at the end no. so like 
he's alone, but he's also being around people. And I think that that was a really interesting contrast to, you know, what you had written. And it was so well done. It was really, really well done. You did a great job. Uh, Thanks so much. Um, So like when he looked out the window and saw the the gardener, you know, um, can I like ask you like questions about that world? Like did this guy, was he repeating this action over and over again? Does that mean that Dan maybe was doing this also over and over again? Or is it just Dan discovered his body the same way that, well, because the gardener didn't discover anything. It's, it's, it's interesting to me because the gardener already had the wounds and then seems to repeat the process. Yeah. Dan was not inclined to go climb up anywhere to take his own life. He just discovered his body. What happened to Dan after he discovered the body at the end of that? Like, it kind of just stops. Like, what, what do you think he did there, Gary? <laughs> well, if, if you read the follow-up. <laughs> I'm trying not to, like, pick that, yeah. Because okay, I didn't read the follow-up. That's the problem. I don't want to plead ignorance here. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I just think it's kind of interesting, the idea of um, some religions sort of say that if, if you commit suicide, there's this sort of limbo, mm-hmm. and you're sort of maybe trapped in a particular place. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, I kind of, when I was writing it, I had this idea that you had a a guy trapped in a hotel room and then outside you had someone else trapped in their own little space. And uh, as as one of you sort of said, he's sort of trying to work it out because how that happened to you, then it would take you a while to figure out what happened. You know, time might might operate differently in, in that sort of world, you know? Yeah. Um, perception might, you know, might operate differently. You know, if you're knocked unconscious, sometimes it takes a little while to to get your head around what's happening. And um, it just so happens that he's in a place where he's got all the clues as to what happened to him. And luckily for the reader as well, there are the clues of all the things that's happened to him. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, you you sort of trapped there, and, and in the follow up, you sort of yeah, he, he does eventually get out, but you, you know. You'll you, you, well, you find out what happens if you read it. I'll read it. Gary created the gray rooms. Thanks, Gary. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for stealing my idea. <laughs> flattery. Jason's like no comment. Invitation is flattery. <laughs> yeah, I was I was impacted by that scene, and not just because of the visual of it, but because of the ramifications of what it meant that. Dan was seeing someone. There's Graham for all the listeners. <laughs> Graham just made an appearance on uh, Jason's camera. On two screens. Oh um, man! Does anybody see Graham? I don't. I don't, I don't see him. <laughs> for uh, for Dan, the realization that other people were going through what he was going through, whatever he did or didn't know what was going on to him, that was definitely impactful. That you included that scene. You didn't even have well. The fact, again, the fact that he had already done what he had done and was just going through it again was this clue that, like, you're in a bad place and they're, yeah. this guy's just going through the motions. So, yeah, that just added to that, just mm. that, oh, that heartbreak that Dan must have been going through trying to figure out what's going on. Very well done. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted it, you know, obviously, you got to have something frightening happening as well. And I kind of wanted the readers to think, what is going on? You know, what, he's seen these things. Why is he seeing these things? You know, are they ghosts? Are they, you know, what are they? You know, and then, Obviously, the twist at the end is that he's as trapped as they are, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so well written. Ah, oh, yeah. good concept. Great concept. Yeah. Well, thanks, and man. Thank you. 
It was a really great example of that whole show versus tell kind of thing, I think, because a lot of the descriptions that I got from this story were from the writing. It wasn't even like, you know, sound effects in the background of a telephone ringing. It wasn't like anything in particular except for the actual writing. And I think when I was talking to Jason about the sound, that really came through. Like, I don't think I've ever been so immersed in a story that was like an audio kind of story. Like, it felt like the story was written specifically to be read in an audio drama or on a podcast because of the descriptive words that you used and how you set the scene. And it was like, I was there, you know, when I was mm-hmm. listening to it, it felt like I was Dan, you know, yeah, it took place <laughs> in Dan's head. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really, really great. Really well done. Oh, it's really flattering when I hear you say that because when I listened to it, I, like I said, I felt that the Grey Room's production and the voice actor, you know, Warren, I think he, he completely elevated the story, but I can still spot mistakes in the, you know, when I'm listening to it, I'm like, I, yeah, yeah, I, I should have reworded that. Or I should have worded that slightly differently or, you know, I should have squeezed another oh. word in there, but. Um, That's but for yeah. sure being a writer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And um, yeah, my excuses is literally the first thing I ever had published. But uh, but it's fantastic. And it's, it's one, still my, one of my favorite stories. As I've a fan, to. we don't hear that. We heard perfection, so don't worry. Yeah, no. Oh, no, no, yeah. thanks, Brooks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's very, very well done. Uh, let's see. What else do I have? Hmm. Hey, uh, Gary, well, well, she's checking some stuff out there. Um, I did kind of want to ask. So most of your story, well, all of it really is, except for maybe the scene in the bathroom, is all focused in one specific setting. Um, mm-hmm. And the writer, how, you know, was that kind of a challenge to you to kind of just have like one major scene um, and, and kind of work with just that? And really with just like maybe one character with a couple really small interactions? Honestly, I think it was just, uh, I did want it to be a definitely just a, a one-man thing uh, from the beginning. But honestly, I think it was just me and the limitations I had as a new writer at the time. I just wanted to sort of walk before I ran. And it created, you know, by often by restricting yourself, you become more creative. And by limiting myself to, to the one room um, and just limiting myself to, to, to like two or three sort of key scenes... Um, it was easy for me as a new writer, but it was also, in a way, quite challenging um, just, to, just to make everything a little more creative, I think. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's how that, that, that sort of bit worked. Cool. We actually got a question in the comments from Arthur Unk. He asks, do you think the definition of horror changes depending on the country? Like Japanese horror versus American horror. But in your case, you know, from the UK versus American horror or any other country? Do you think that there's a difference between your version of horror and like our version? Um, I, I think um, the States and, and England are quite closely aligned culturally when it comes to things like that. You know, we, we, we I grew up watching American films, you know, very, very few of the films I watched when I was younger um, were, were English, you know? Um, so, I mean, Man, you know, I grew up like on Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, watching things like that. So I think England and America are very similar culturally. I think when you go to places like Asia and stuff like that, then it is slightly different. And there's actually a formula, you know, when it comes to, to Asian horror um, in the films and in Asian horror writing, the formula differs slightly. 
um, I think I, I read somewhere about like um, oh, in, in sort of Western horror, um, bad things happen to those who deserve it. Um, whereas in, in Asian uh, horror, it's written more toward like um, unfortunate things happening to normal people. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, in that, yeah, in answer to your question, I think in Arthur's, Arthur's question, sorry, there, there is a, I think there is a cultural difference, but between English and the Americans and generally the Western sort of side of things, I think it's very similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I honestly think the only place they really vary is when it comes to comedy. Like mm-hmm. Monty Python is completely different than like Mad TV or something like that. But when it yeah. comes to horror, it's pretty much the same thing. It's just that it feels a little bit more real, especially as an American, to mm-hmm. read horror that happens like on like farmland and like in Scotland where there's like huge open plains and like forests that are 10 feet tall and crazy like that. So. Yeah. I think that's yeah, really the difference. It's I, th- more I, think whenever, I think whenever an American uh, film producer wants to sort of, you know, sort of di- display something that's meant to be sort of real and you know we're very serious, they often sort of cast English voice, English actors yeah. and stuff. Don't they? Like the Star Wars films and stuff like that. As the bad them. guys, I was going to say usually. Yeah, yeah, all the all the nobility. Guys, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, I think we're. I think we. I think some people may still be holding on to a couple of hundred years of like some pent up teenage version. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're not a bad guy, Gary. I don't think you're a bad guy. You know. I'm horrible. But I'm you sound like one. <laughs> and that was Brooks. <laughs> it's a British voice. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But at the same time, we always always tend to notice like if it's not the bad guy, it's always the very successful conglomerate, yeah. huge business running mogul this guy who pretty much runs the world so it's not the bad guy it's an association with nobility it's the royalty the the royalty the british brings out that nobleness there's no (laughs) middle ground there except for in the great war we had some middle ground in the great war yeah i was just gonna say especially unless you're speaking in like a cockney accent where it's kind Mm. of lower class in that sense yeah that's probably where that would come from but otherwise Educated I'm like a, in really bad things or educated yeah. in really good things. Gary, did I'm you a, like Graham's voice when he did that? Uh, was it authentic? Yeah. Oh, it was so authentic. <laughs> hey, thanks for uh, thanks for making sure my story was more British there, Gary. I think there was some, yeah. the one that was going through the Great War and kind of made a couple dialogue changes and things. Um, he's like, stop saying made every five seconds or, you know, whatever, yeah. or whatever I was saying. No, but, I thought Gray did really, Graham did a really good job of that, actually. And, um, it, to be fair, Brian, your, your writing wasn't a million miles away, you know. Um, but yeah, they, they do sort of. It's a bit Dick Van Dyke sometimes when you get American people sort of, you know, where you get. Is that American, what we are? No, no, no. I remember uh, you, you changed my my term for a cigarette to tab, and I never heard that before. Ah, uh, yeah, tab. Yeah. Did they call tab? Yeah, yeah. Do you say That's, that now? Is that like an old? No. Thing? Okay, so it was like old time. Yeah, something my granddad would say, you know, you pass me a tab, you know, it's, it's a just tab. means a like cigarette. Tab. Yeah, yeah, got a tab or a, a woodbine or, you know, stuff like that, you know. Did you use the term, did you call a, did you call a bully beef? <laughs> yeah, what is the bully from? Where does the bully the come bully from? Beef. The bully beef. It, we need to know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's tinned beef, that, isn't it, bully beef? So, yeah. Bully, what's the word? What's the word? Like 
our, corn, okay. our corned beef is different to what you would call corned beef. To us, the corned beef's the tin stuff. You know, it comes in a tin and it has a little key and you, you undo the top of the tin yeah. uh, with the bits of corn in and stuff. That's, that's corned beef. Uh, mm. Bully beef. I don't know why I called it bully beef, but that's yeah. basically what it is. Okay. Bully, bully, yeah. bully, bully beef. Brian likes bully beef, right? You like corned beef. I, I think you're a corned beef fan. Yeah. A little taft in there. Hey, uh, have a tab afterwards. They got a question for Gary. Uh, does Gary listen to music when he writes? What are some of his non-horror influences that inspire his muse? Oh wow, I can't listen to music when yeah, I write. Turn the lights down when he's talking about the mood part there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think I wrote a couple of stories listening to Beastie Boys. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, often it sort of distracts me. I I I'm really into uh rock music and metal and I met my I've been with my significant other for 17 years. We have two children together now. But we met in a rock club in Manchester. Awesome. Uh so yeah, a place called Jilly's Rock World. It's now a supermarket. But yeah, it's uh <laughs> So, yeah, I grew up listening to, uh, like, Pearl Jam, Metallica, uh, even stuff like Blink-182. I love Blink-182. Uh, the Offspring. Uh, oh, but okay. I listened to Beastie Boys as well. Uh, oh, You're, gosh. like, 10 years behind us all. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's mad. <laughs> I'm an old man. Hey, uh, I, bought, I had Beastie Boys on cassette tape when I was in fourth grade. Wow. <laughs> Jason, what's a cassette tape? It was a brand-new huh? album when I was in fourth grade. So, bag out. I'll, I'll wear that badge. Jason is the true gray beard in this group here. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I, I remember Betamax. Person here that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> gosh, but outside of horror, I, I oh gosh, horror is quite a lot of my life. I read horror, I like watching horror, but um, outside of horror, I what do I like to do? I'm, I'm, I'm into I'm into 3D print. So I, my my day job is. Um, I'm a 3D print technician, so I work with some quite advanced technology at work. That's so, um, cool. so um, we do really rewarding, cool things like uh, print, printing prosthetic limbs for children. Oh. Um, and we do a lot of research. I'm working with a student at the moment who's designing sort of colourful and easy-to-use prosthetic limbs for kids because the problem at the moment with the, uh, the NHS over here in England is that they, they, they don't know if it's the same in the States, but they're struggling to produce um prosthetic limbs for kids quick enough because they grow so fast mm -hmm. and it's quite important for the children to keep their whatever they've got left of an arm or whatever they've got there active so that the nerves are working and stuff so wow. um the beauty of 3d 3d print is it's a very quick turnaround so two or three days we can have a prosthetic limb done for a kid yeah. and we can make it fun and we can make it bright and we can put attachments on it um, so I'm working with fashion students at the university where I work and I'm working with um product design students, um, experiments with densities and all sorts of things, uh, printing in plastic. So we yeah. print these these arms for them. At the moment, they're literally using like, they look like doll's arms, you know, they're just useless. But we're doing things with attachments on to help them swim. And we've even gone with a rattle on the end, you know, for a little kid and stuff like that. So I, I'm sort of very passionate about sort of things like that. I'm also quite into, I've been I'm doing jobs for um, the Christie Hospital, which is a big cancer hospital over here. Um, we've been printing tumours, uh, 3D printing tumours, not not literally sort of made so from cool. flesh or anything, but, but made from different densities of plastic. Um, so we have soft and hard plastic. And 
it, they, they can scan it and research it and just sort of the, the idea is they know how to spot tumors when they when they're scanning them and, and things like that so we do we do all we not don't just do sort of hospital-based things or you know medical-based things we do all sorts of across the spectrum but it's a, a really good job and i'm quite passionate about it and um so that's what i do outside of my writing you're awesome. directly helping humanity during yeah. your day job. <laughs> no, you I are a true hero. Come on, man. People's boxes. I feel like, oh, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm humbled. Yeah. I'm an accountant. I do nothing. <laughs> Helping children. That's awesome. That's really, really yeah, awesome. Cool. Well done, man. Very noble. Oh, wow. And I, I also shoot puppies. No, no, I kidding. <laughs> the truth came out. I kick bags full of kittens. <laughs> Throw them in rivers. Oh, my God, we're going to hell. And we just lost some subscribers. <laughs> oh, so I do apologize. I'm kind of good at that sort of thing, you know, opening my big mouth. But no. Gary's so, skeletons in his closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So that's what I, yeah, that's that's my, uh, what, what else I do. That's brilliant. It's pretty neat, man. That's, That's really, really cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's one of the coolest things I love about this behind the scenes episode is we get to really like find out who these authors are aside from just their stories. I wish every podcast did this. That would yeah, be just the idea. coolest thing ever. Find out a little bit more about them. And another one of my favorite uh, questions that commonly gets asked on the behind the door is what is your favorite horror movie? I love oh. that question. I need to know. Oh gosh, my favorite horror movie. Ooh, well, really seriously. So, <laughs> no, there's there's a few that I kind of grew up on. Um, I'd say Halloween, the original Halloween, is one of my favorites. Oh, okay. um, I also like Jaws. If you can count that as a oh, horror yeah. movie, I'd oh, say yeah, it's you can count that. Yeah, that, is that stupid movie um, made me afraid of the tub. <laughs> Damn <laughs> that movie! Oh, to let the water out the drains. Like, I gotta get up before I open that drain. Yeah. Gosh. Well, well, my, my dad, my dad saw the uh, the stuff, saw Jaws when he was uh, he was on holiday in Cornwall, and um, he, he went to the cinema there, watched Jaws, and then came out, and it was lovely and warm, and everyone was out in the waters, and my dad was like, "I'm not going out there." You know? <laughs> so at the time, you know, it was like a brand new film, and the concept was quite you you know it was it was it scared the hell out of him but i really like dolls as well has any of you seen dolls the um the 1987 film um it's by the guy who did reanimator i was gonna say um, i think i remember with reanimator because like i was in the reanimator and a puppet master too i think mm, i know that dolls is fantastic that's got a cheesy uh english person in it as well they were a punk in that one so yeah you forgot the punk stereotype as well you know oh yeah. <laughs> so that that's dolls is that when i watched that when i was too young to watch it really and it scared the hell out of me mm-hmm. um yeah it really did i was like oh my god and you know it, it's so well done you know these little creepy porcelain things with like glassy eyes and you know if you sort of hit them or anything or break break the porcelain they've got like little miniature skulls underneath and uh-huh. yeah you have to watch it it's, it's cheesy as anything i mean now when you watch it you sort of kind of laugh at it but at the time it was really scary and so that yeah, was like your first horror movie that you ever saw that you remember um one of them yeah one yeah of, I, okay. I, I think the other one was probably jaws i think jaws was the first horror film i ever watched um in that sort of thing but yeah if i had to go for a favorite it'd be halloween but then again the shining's really good i really like that as well yeah <laughs> 
And that's interesting because your brand of horror doesn't seem to be aligned with either of those. So you just kind of immersed yourself completely in the horror and you're like, well, this works for other people and then this works for me. So it's interesting yeah. to kind of disconnect. That's cool. It's, it's, yeah, I've, I've never thought about it that way, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. That's neat. <laughs> so we have people commenting and stuff and uh, somebody mentioned your short story collection, right? You have a short story yeah. collection published. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. It's, um, oh goodness, it's almost like a year and a half old now. It's called Mechanisms of Despair. Um, and it's a collection of, uh, it's very short. It's, gosh, it must be about 20,000 words or something like that. But it's um, a collection of short psychological horror stories, including The Way Out, The Way In. Um, there's another one called Escape, which also touches on the, the sort of suicide thing. Um, and it's all the stories I had published with Deadman's Tome uh, collected together. Um, the front cover is really cool for it. It's, it's a Marvel artist called Sean Langley did the cover for it. Um, so that's really cool. And all proceeds from it go to charity. So um, half of the proceeds go to Alzheimer's Foundation in the United States and half the proceeds go to uh, South Coma, UK. Um, which is a it's a bone and soft tissue cancer charity and that my mum was suffering from. So, so the, the, all the proceeds go to charity. I don't mean to be, make a bean out of it. So, if anyone's listening who wants to give it a go, give it a buy. Get get it. It's on Amazon. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yeah, I put a link up on the in the chat room. Um, yeah. So. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give it a buy. I, I I don't care about sales or anything. Just as long as that money goes to the charities, that's what's that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Good man. That's awesome. Might throw a link of that into the well. I might throw a link of that into the show description when we yeah, post this up. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, thank you. Not a problem. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm just sitting here trying to think, like, okay, Gary, all right, you proceeds your books are going to like take care of people. You're building all these prosthetics for people. <laughs> do this for people, 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 people. I'm like, what the. What am I doing with my life? What am I doing? I I donate to bacon. I don't. <laughs> Can I donate to bacon? How do you donate to bacon? Tell me. Yeah. Well, you donate with a purchase and then you eat it. Okay. Sir. Uh, you you know, I, is this yeah. is where I say feed the pig and everybody goes? Ooh! <laughs> Classic NSP well story. Gary's obviously a really, uh, actually a nice guy. Um, so people might want to take the opportunity to, you know, listen to the story, read his stories, go on Amazon, check it out, do what you can to support. Sounds like it's really, everything's just kind of linked together and it's really big, great means. So like, yeah. yeah. Even That's if you just like, there. even if you just like expensive toilet roll, you know, just, just buy a copy of my book for that, you know, <laughs> that one, that, that one how smooth is character. the paper of your books, Gary? Oh, is it, oh, budget constraints it's recycled single ply oh that's yeah. no good so you turn it off, half it rips yeah. off it's brittle might yeah. suggest if you guys do end up reading his stories like read them aloud to yourself because like i was saying the way out like seems like it was almost written to be read as an audio drama so it's not that it doesn't make sense like on your screen but it's more mm. powerful if you're actually reading it and kind mm. of like bringing all the words forward and using them the way they're supposed to be used. And like there's excellent vocabulary throughout 
the whole stories, any of his stories, really. I, I only listened to the podcast and read the way in, but mm-hmm. I just, just judging by those, these are just amazing stories. So like read them out loud to yourself. I read them to my cat, but <laughs> <laughs> yourself is also a good option. Are they both in your book? Gary told me um, from when he first published this to now, was like, yeah, 30, 31 short stories published. Yeah, um, I've got a little publish folder on my G drive and it's got my published stuff in there. And yeah, I've had, I think I've had 31 stories published since wow. then. Maybe th- oh, thank you. No, not all, all, all together. <laughs> but sort of over oh. uh, various places. I, I've, I've got a story in Unnerving magazine. Uh, I've got a story coming up in Gallows Hill magazine. I've got two in Gallery of Curiosities, um, which is another podcast. Um, the loads, yeah, some some flash pieces, some slightly longer. Um, but I'm, I'm just a developing writer, you know. I'm just doing the same as you guys. I write as often as I can. Um, just constantly sending things out, updating my spreadsheet. You know, rejection, rejection, rejection. <laughs> um, I was, I think I was saying to Brian yesterday. I've got a story. Um, that's that's my sort of nearly story. And it's been on so many shortlists for so many professional places, but never actually made it in, um, including Clark's World. It was on the shortlist for Clark's World. So I, 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 that's the one I'm, I'm trying to push at the moment. I'm like, try to get it out, try and find a home for it, but it's still unpublished at the minute. You want to you talk about that story in case anybody's listening to this? And maybe you can, you know. Plug it. <laughs> it's, Plug it away. Uh, it's, a, it's a dark uh, fairy tale. It's only a short story. It's, it's called Nanny. And um, there's a slight sort of twist on the, this, the fairy, um, the Mary Poppins sort of thing. Um, there's two children, they're, they're in this home, um, in this house, sorry, and, and this nanny comes, she literally drifts from the sky over the graveyard and she's like a skeletal, um, sort of almost hmm. like an undead, undead kind of nanny. And you sort of discover the story about these two children and why they're alone and, and why they're, they're trapped in a, in a house. Um, they're not dead, <laughs> or, or they might be. No, no. Well, they, they, they are literally trapped in this house, and um, they've obviously had a very difficult upbringing. And and um, she basically helps them, and she they, they tidy the house, sort of a bit like Mary Poppins and stuff like that. But I think it's just like uh, I think people tend to like it because it's it is very fairy tale, you know, when you're reading it, and it's but it's very dark as well. So. Um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping that someone will pick that short story up. I've had I've had really good feedback about it, you know, of, of so many people, but obviously not enough to publish it yet. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Interesting concept, flying over the graveyard into the house. Hmm. Like, well, where do these people live? Yeah, well, by a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> you should turn it into a musical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Hey, if Young Frankenstein can become a musical, anything can. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I still think uh, we need to make a musical for the, the Grey Rooms, you know, like the Wardenstein thing or whatever. <laughs> well, the Warden has just got so much comedic appeal. If you hear the the Patreon stories, oh, my goodness, I love the Warden. Warden <laughs> could totally pull that off. My joke is I'm going to get Jason to end up singing in a part somehow, some way. And that's, and that's why like that. He smiled. I think he actually froze. Jason, are you scared or are you just freaking? <laughs> I think oh, you should do like the Buffy, the Buffy thing. You like the Buffy music, Buffy music <laughs> episode. You should, you should do a musical episode. 
Mm-hmm. Horror and comedy go together so well. It, it's I a good think- marriage. They're yeah. very, very close, you know. Yeah. They, 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 you know, sometimes you get scared and you laugh. You know, it's a natural mm-hmm. reaction to something. Um, but yeah, they, they're closer than you think. Mm-hmm. I think we lost Jason over there. I do. Yeah, I don't know if I should <laughs> kick him out or <laughs> come back in. Maybe I should do that. Jason's iPhone overheated. Apparently. Ah, I'm moving oh. to a different room. He's getting. Oh no, that was 32 minutes ago. <laughs> 32 minutes. <laughs> He's been on. happened? He's been on autopilot for 30 minutes, guys. Oh, wow. um, I kicked him out. I'm going to go at him again, just if I can figure out what his email address is. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind me. I'm trying to think of another question. We've already run out of all the questions that I have. Yeah. Um, Brooks, do you have any more? You seem to have a lot of questions I didn't even think of. Yeah, I also didn't know if you said for the way in, is that in your book? Is the way out also? Are those two stories in your book? Or these yes, are written yeah. after the book. Okay, yeah, they the are. Way in the, is yeah. the sequel to the way out. And the way in is the sequel to the way out, and it explains without revealing anything. It explains more about Dan, or is it completely different? Uh, it's, it's, it it's a different story, but they, it links back it to link. the, the way out, and there are a few more clues as to what's happened, and and okay. um, yeah, I don't really want to spoil that too much, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I like when. Um, authors start to world build and you don't necessarily have to put links in every story, but just kind of in the author's mind, setting the stories in the same world. And eventually you would be able to kind of start linking things together just because the writing is there. You're subconsciously keeping them connected, but like, it's really cool to hear stories interconnected that way as a part of world building. Are you doing that? Have you done that with the stories that are in your book? Or are they just, you had a, a prompt, a seed, and then you wrote a new story, and then you wrote another new story, just like that. Yeah, there there are little bits. Um, I think some of the stories do take place in, I suppose you'd call it a different universe. But um, yeah, there are little reoccurring places in my stories, mostly based on the place where I grew up when I was a child and stuff like that. And um, yeah, there are little links, just little things, you know, nothing major between the stories. Um, but the way out and way in, obviously being sort of direct brothers so to speak you know the, the the links are stronger in there and if you've read the first one you'll the, the sequel will sort of make sense a little bit more okay yeah. it yeah. references it in a way that you don't have to read the way out first but yeah. if you do it's like whoa at the end it like blows your mind it's so good i'm really glad you enjoyed it <laughs> oh it was so good i loved it because not only is it like the same universe but it's expanding it in a way that's like beyond that one room it's the whole floor of the hotel and ah. it's not just the one person who's affected it's another character who's being affected in the same way mm-hmm. and it's like then you realize that there's something wrong with the hotel itself and it's not just dan you know there's yeah. other people who are affected because the hotel some somehow has this way of affecting people who have had dramatic losses in their lives yeah. and yeah. It like changes that kind of into a way that makes it scary for each person in a different way, which I, I just, I love it. It was so well done. Oh, thank I don't want to give anything away, but it was so good. If you can, would can like I... to read the way in um, outside of Gary's book, he does have it published on um, you can access it on his webpage. Yeah, so um, I, read, I read it on the Dead, Dead Man's Tome blog. Yeah, and there's yeah. a link to a lot of Gary's stories on GaryABuller.blogspot.com. Um, if you you know want to help to uh, you know help a good cause, you can buy his book. 
support them that way. But you can also yeah. access the way in um, online. It's published as well. Uh, if you just kind of want to find out what's going on right now, we'll post that on a uh, on the uh, you know we'll, we'll put those links up on Twitter and probably yeah, Facebook and things. That's cool. By the way, I've not updated that blog for so long. <laughs> it's been like about a year and a half or something. But yeah, everything. Yeah, the book's on there and everything. But um, yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, it was very well, very well done. We have another question from Arthur in the comments, who is like saving my ass because I didn't think of so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, "What is the last book everyone read or is currently reading?" Gary, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, uh, the book I'm currently reading is Elevation, Stephen King. Um, and the next one I've got lined up is, oh, what's it called? Uh, someone recommended it to me, uh, just checking my Audible account. It's called We Need to Talk About Kevin by Lionel Shriver. I've heard of that one. That's on my TBR yes. podcast. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's next to be read. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's about, I believe it's about a school shooting or a kid that's done a school shooting. It's about his parents. Um, so yeah, that's that's next on the list. List, but Elevation's really good. I've enjoyed it. Nice. Um, Jason, are you reading any books? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. Cur currently, I actually spend most of my time, if not listening to sound effects or anything like that, I do listen to a lot of audio books or podcasts. But lately, I've been doing a lot of. Um, I guess just YouTube stuff and things like that, just to kind of hone my craft to get better at right. being a producer. So, nice. but as far That's as books, no, I no work work <laughs> two jobs, three if you count this one. I, if I get an audio book, yeah, but gosh dang it, I just tell you what, I'm just so entranced in, in, in with the podcast world anymore. So I actually I applaud people who can take the time to read a book. I think that you should. I think it expands your your your, your horizons, increases your intellect. And speaking of books, I see you have one behind you, Augie. Let's not forget I to talk about that Look a little that. bit. So. <laughs> wow, I get the chance to shamelessly promote myself. <laughs> uh, this is the Short Stories of Augie Peterson, Volume 1. It's the uh, edited, revamped version of all of my stories that I have on my blog put into a book. Uh, also, I just recently posted or published my uh, Night Vision anniversary edition the first book i ever wrote was called night vision and i did it at the end of 2017 and then over the course of 2018 i like wrote a new story every week and got better at it so i realized very quickly that my first book was absolute trash uh so i decided to rewrite all of those stories into an anniversary edition and then i published that and it's so much better uh so you can find that cool. on amazon but this isn't about awesome. me <laughs> well, it's about no, it is right now. People need to know about your book too. Yeah. I, mean, I yeah. mean, yeah, I have a, I have a couple of books up, and it's it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal at the same time. I like drove myself insane trying to get it published in time for Halloween. So, I definitely I did that, and it's it's pretty good if I do say so myself. It's like the first <laughs> collection of original stories that aren't already posted on my blog that I'm really proud of. Uh, so there's that. Uh, currently, though, I am reading um, two books because I have ADHD and I can't focus on one book for more than one one moment. <laughs> I'm reading an absolutely remarkable thing by a guy named Hank Green, who is a pretty big deal. Uh, he's awesome. And then I'm also reading The Trouble with Being God, which is a book by Bill 
Aker? I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. A-I-C-H-E-R. He's a Twitter friend. Excuse me writer awesome dude yeah i mean uh, i think it's this right here right yeah exactly it's that <laughs> one right there that's the one i'm reading and it's you know so what funny. i bet you don't have his blood on it i do actually I oh, asked oh he gave you a copy oh bill uh-huh. <laughs> you're not special i have oh, the, oh, one man. of those proofs that he was giving out that was like a unedited proof or something like that i have one yeah. of those and i have a thumbprint in in red ink and i'm super excited it's no, that's really not ink that's his blood yeah. Well, hey, you know, if I ever need to commit a murder, I know I know what book to put in. <laughs> and, and when it gets to that way, we'll just send it over to Gary and 3D print them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Gary, could you could you 3D print this mask behind me? Yeah. So I was just gonna <laughs> add, <laughs> probably yeah. for a non-noble cause. <laughs> oh, I will have nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's like, nope. <laughs> By the way, uh, you know, last time we had a hint about one of our upcoming stories and uh, with Renfield Rasputin behind him, um, there might be a hint for one of my stories behind me uh, coming up in two weeks. <laughs> Grandma is all over that story. <laughs> it's a musical about Mario Brothers. I, I have to yeah. burst the bubble. He's the main character. He's a sound designer. He's the actor. He's the woman. He's the male. He's the he's everything. He's Graham Rowett. He's <laughs> Graham does everything. How how we are Graham. must be to be him and just listen to all of us always talk about. It. <laughs> he, doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be in the episode. I mean, you know, we usually when I. Part of what I do is, you know, when I'm working on an episode, you know, I, I work on, uh, you know, with Jason and I work with Graham, and, you know, and so typically what I do is I say, hey, Graham, uh, you know, what do you think about this? And, and he answers me in my mind. So uh. <laughs> I'm worried for you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, you know, you should hear, you should hear this gentleman when he's in the drive through. <laughs> he's got he's got some problems. <laughs> if, it, if anybody who gets a drink without ice, I got issues. You ask for no ice, <laughs> right? Right? Wow! What kind, it, what kind, what is that about? I mean, that's it's a weird. Risky stones or whatever. Um, hey, Actually, that's now, smart. I don't know. Then you're getting more soda. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, it's not showing up too well. This is uh, the book oh, I'm reading. Yeah, we got we got both chapels, uh, you know, by year's end. Uh, it's an anthology. Um, it's actually a kind of a continuation, sort of a prequel of uh, year forty-seven. Uh, you know, so Bo's uh, story's um, really good. Um, all the uh, people that were um, a part of that, you know, and and really, you know, if you read year forty-seven, it's a pretty fantastic apocalyptic story. Um, That's another one I'm in the middle of right now. You know, there you go. See, she just reads all the books at the same time. And <laughs> I'm only halfway through all the books. Don't say I've read them all. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's a it's a really good book. That's something I would uh, check out as well. Sweet. Absolutely, I vouch for Bo. He's amazing. He uses vocabulary I have to look up to understand. Like he's just so far above all the other writers. Like he's just like, but he's he's amazing. Bo is fantastic. And Gary's fantastic, the author of this story. Everybody's fantastic. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we got a, a, a Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'm going to have to go in about five minutes, guys. Yeah, I'm, getting okay. the, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the look from my other half, you know. Oh. <laughs> They're probably going to want to wrap up now. Yeah. yeah. You fulfilled your purpose, Gary. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back up to the shadows. <laughs> Bye. Back to the shadows. Well, thanks again, Gary, for allowing us to utilize your story. Um, mm-hmm. I think actually before I go on my little tirade here, I think Brooks still had a book he needed to mention. Oh, oh yeah, Brooks. Oh, yeah. Um, real quick, I'm a I'm a fan of odd writing. Um, I like a uh, an author called Car- his name is Carlton Mellick the third, and the book I'm reading is called The Terrible Thing That Happens, and it takes place in an apocalypse, and it's about a, a grocery store in the apocalypse that these survivors magically every night the food keeps reappearing there, but also the ghosts of someone keeps coming and killing anybody that also goes when the food appears. It's a really interesting story. It's very strange. Yeah. So that's what I'm reading right now. That's kind of neat sounding. I kind of well, like that. That's Carlton Mellick is a very disturbed writer. So. That's all right. What's that called? It's we called all... The Terrible Thing That Happens. Oh. He, he writes like a new book like every few months. They're like 150, 200 pages, like small, short. They're like 10 bucks on Amazon. It's very awesome. interesting writer. That sounds, that sounds interesting. I like that. That's, that's, my, that's right up my kind of freaking alley right there. Got man. some strange stories I think you'd find fascinating. That'll be your first <laughs> book to start reading again. You could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember. <laughs> first book ever. When you take a break from the podcast. <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh. yeah, so she got big things coming, man. Hopefully we'll do that real soon. But yeah, Gary, excellent story, man. Thanks for submitting yes. it. Thanks Bravo. for letting us use Bravo. it. Um, no problem. It was a lot of fun, man. It's it's. It, it, I know I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. That what makes this uh, become progressively easier for me as I learn how to do this is getting to work not just with professional actors and actresses, and uh, you know, uh, J. M. Sheriff with his awesome ability to create a great music score, which unfortunately he didn't have anything to do with this story. This was before he came along. That's why he's not here. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but the author's writing exceptionally easy, just well done stories that translate good to audio just makes my life that much easier. And uh, that's, 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 that's why I think the gray rooms is having the kind of having the kind of success we do because Mm. of the, the, this nucleus of exceptionally talented people that I get, I get the honor to work with. So again, thanks for letting us use your story, bud. And I do hope that like, uh, like everybody else, I do hope that you take the opportunity to submit another one for season two because you are a gifted author. You're a good guy. And it would be nice to be able to talk to you again, man. Oh, you yeah. might have already <laughs> submitted one. <laughs> Is it season two. <clears throat> season two. <laughs> March 1st, deadline. Let's go. Let's get those stories in. People. Yeah, you know, if everybody writes, you know, amazing stories, we might kick Gary Al a little bit, so you know. Oh, <laughs> oh god, that game. Oh god, no. Th- thanks very much, guys. And it, it sort of come, you know, come back at you really with it. It's uh, taken a story, you know, and elevated it so far above what it was, and it's made it something completely new. And it was an absolute pleasure when I first listened to it. I thought the the sound effects were fantastic. I thought Warren was absolutely brilliant. Um. And I like the way that it fits in to another sort of anthology story as well, which is really, really, really cool. So uh, thank you guys. And thanks very much for having me on. And to, to all of you, thanks very much for all the questions. Hey, and your story kicked really us over 60,000 too, Gary. Good job. Wow. Well, you're welcome. Nice. <laughs> I'm the round of applause, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks again, guys. Thank and, you. Uh, 
We'll see y'all in two weeks. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Augie, by the way. You're the best ever. Yeah, thanks, Augie. I want to see, I wanna see some stories. I'm happy to do it. Thanks, this was Brooks. a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. So, yay. <laughs> and I, I would like to say, you know, um, we get all kinds of people. You know, we get podcast people that are focusing primarily on the podcast because that's what they're interested in. So when we get a writer who's guest hosting, it's really good because they really pick apart the story in a way that a writer would. So that's yeah. why like kind of switching up these guest hosts, mm-hmm. it kind of really, you know, gives a different perspective for everything that we're doing so yeah. and it makes, you know it makes so me feel like a part of the community too like <laughs> i've never really felt like part of something bigger than myself until i was asked to do this like hey you know you submitted something that we're using do you want to interview this other person and then just mm-hmm. kind of like make connections here and make connections there and like be this person who's like in in this community and one of the room makers and like yeah heck yeah, yeah cool. and i didn't yeah. understand like the you know, the, the family aspect that would come with that. And I'm, I'm just so thankful to be a part of this community. It's like amazing. And even listening to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You you, earlier, before we started, you were like, Oh man, you and Jason, it's like, you guys are a married couple. Ah, (laughs) And you know what? See, it happens for some reason. We get all our group together, even new people, they just like, just hang around, you know, it's, it's yeah. So, thank you so much. Um, Before I go, can I just say one more thing? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Just one more thing. I uh, we do a, I do a podcast every Sunday. I'm actually doing this instead oh, yeah. of it. Yeah. But um, I just want to throw throw that out there. Otherwise, Will, my, the, the guy that I do it with, will be really upset with me. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, Horror with Mark Azian Bullough. We sometimes interview people. We sometimes we talk about literature. We talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, sometimes we get into trouble. It's great. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're uh, – yeah, every Sunday – um so if you get the opportunity please listen um but yeah this this has been really really good thank you yeah thank you buddy and again we look forward to more of your uh more of your additions to this because you helped make this what it is this is growing it's getting bigger and that's because of you and everybody else so thanks a lot brother appreciate it uh next week um or next well in two weeks our next story is going to be fairy tale by uh myself (laughs) um we're gonna have uh when we do the behind the door, we're going to have, we talked about Dead Man's Tome. Um, and actually the creator of Dead Man's Tome, the you know, publisher, uh, Mr. Dead Man, uh, Jesse, I don't know what his last name is. What is it? Dead Man. Deadman. His, his name's Jesse Deadman. That's his real name. For real? I thought that was a joke. All right. No, Jesse no. Deadman, yeah. uh, he's, he's, uh, he'll be the uh, guest host. So, uh, you know, he does podcasts too. So I'm sure he'll have a lot of input for us uh, as a publisher as well. So, Uh, We'll be uh, seeing that. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm going to hit the stop broadcast button. And, uh, you know, see you. See See you. Bye. 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 Drinks on Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Raymond's going to die. Join us each week after every episode for another edition of Behind the Door.